This is Ozarks Alarms for Thursday afternoon, November 11th, 2021, Veterans Day. Ten years ago today, Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art opened. A pediatric COVID-19 vaccine clinic will take place Saturday from 9 to 4 at the J.B. Hunt headquarters in Lowell. The clinic will make pediatric doses of the Pfizer vaccine available, as well as adult doses for first, second, or booster shots. And for the second consecutive day, the number of active cases of COVID-19 in Arkansas up. The Arkansas Department of Health counts a net gain of 177 active cases in the last 24 hours with 675 newly diagnosed cases. A new fire chief has been named in Springdale. Mike Holy will take on the role effective December 1st. Outgoing Chief Mike Irwin is retiring after nine years in charge of the department. And tonight, the public can meet with members of a design team working on the new vision for the Jones Center campus in Springdale. The team will show off design elements of their plans from 4 until 8 at the Jones Center. This is Ozarks at Large. The Ideals Institute, established in 2019 at the University of Arkansas, offers diversity, equity, and inclusion training to state agencies, institutions, charities, and community groups across the state. With major new grant funding from the Walton Family Foundation and Walmart Foundation, Ideals staff will provide 100 regional nonprofit organizations to become more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich spoke with Executive Director Alicia Smith to bring us this story. The Ideals Institute is based in the Division of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the University of Arkansas Fayetteville. IDEALS is an acronym for Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, Access, Leadership, Development, and Strategic Support. Elysia Smith serves as Executive Director. And we are a um, training consultancy and research institute here at the university, which means that we have one foot on campus and one foot in the community. And so we uh, work with organizations who have a stated or an interest in, in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so that includes doing training, that includes consulting with leadership, that includes doing um, research with the community, et cetera. So that's what IDEALS is. Last month, Ideals announced receipt of more than $2.1 million from Walmart Family Foundation and Walmart Foundation as part of a three-year, $5 million commitment to building a culture of belonging in our region. Really great work um, included in that program, and we were a part of that. And now um, that portion of the program has ended. And now it's being reimagined, and we are grateful and blessed to be leading that effort. And our effort is called True, T-R-U, powered by ideals. And so True Northwest Arkansas has an acronym also, but True, powered by ideals, also has an acronym. And so the T-R-U stands for Train, Recharge, and Uplift. In its first year, Ideals participated in TRUE's 10-month TRAIN cohort, which convened regional organizations from multiple sectors for peer learning experiences and expert-led coaching sessions. With the latest grant round, Ideals Institute will deliver DEI capacity building, organizational assessment, professional development, consultation, and community building training to over 100 nonprofits in the region, which will be organized into five cohorts. 
So true powered by ideals. The T stands for train. The R stands for recharge and the U stands for uplift. That signifies the three different um, pieces of the program. So the train portion, the T, is for organizations who um, have not yet perhaps begun a lot of work with um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's the DE&I that we've been talking about. So diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so the train portion is going to be um, for nonprofits who are newer to this work, to diversity, equity, inclusion, in terms of how to embed it within their practices, what does it mean for them, et cetera. The R is recharge, and that's going to engage nonprofits who have already begun actively doing this work. And uh, it would be, it'll be designed to really deepen and broaden their impact. And then uplift is specifically designed for nonprofits um, who are led by and who serve minoritized communities. And it's designed to work on their overall capacity. So in in addition to diversity, equity, inclusion, it will include capacity building broadly construed. So that means operations, that means finances, that means board development, et cetera. And so that's a different group. As a part of the entire True Powered by Ideals program, we will also have a community of action uh, component, which is designed to provide networking to uh, and really to kind of break down some of the silos that we see as it relates to doing this kind of work. Very often we're doing this work in small organizations or within our own organizations, not necessarily reaching out and networking and uh, really taking advantage of the benefit of community. And so the community of action component will um, address that. And so that'll be something that all of the organizations get to participate in as well. Regional nonprofits will be invited to apply to participate. This grant project is scheduled to start next March. We're excited about that. And so we We will send out broadly advertised information about how organizations can apply and what that process looks like. Any nonprofit group listening to this broadcast, Smith says, can contact Ideals Institute for more information. So as soon as we have that information out, you will be able to go to ideals.uark.edu. So if they will just hold on a second until we get that out, then we will be able to facilitate those questions and answers. We also will uh, plan to have um, information sessions in January that will perhaps answer some questions and uh, have some materials out so that um, some FAQs and that kind of thing, so that people can get more information. Ideal staff will follow CDC guidelines for facilitating meetings, either virtually, in person, or hybrid, depending on the status of the pandemic. We haven't figured that out yet because we're watching very carefully in terms of what happens next. Smith says diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings are taking place nationally across a spectrum of institutions, agencies, and companies. The research shows that organ- just like in businesses, organizations and communities who um, or are intentional about, about the value of diversity, equity, inclusion are going to be more innovative. They're going to be more productive. They're going to be more welcoming. Um, we also provide um, general um, strategies for how how do we accomplish what we say we'd like to do and what that looks like. And so we've had really great success with that, or people just even knowing what to say next, what to do next, um, broadening their capacity for thinking about uh, problems creatively. Um, So those are some of the things. And the work with nonprofits is really important because nonprofits are very often the gatekeepers for how a person experiences Northwest Arkansas. So whether that's uh, in terms of how they access healthcare and individual accesses healthcare or um, services or even how we 
find entertainment or things to do that interest us and recreation. Nonprofits have a lot to do with that. And so it's important that we approach that work in an inclusive way, in ways that are really going to address the needs of um, Northwest Arkansas in general. The Ideals Institute, she says, strives to be a connector, a lead voice, and a thought leader in Arkansas, the South, and beyond. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. Tomorrow on our show, more about the Ideals concept. We'll talk with Joe Randall with the Walton Family Foundation about the impetus behind supporting the grants. Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art celebrates 10 years of art, architecture, and nature this month presenting an anniversary weekend full of free activities November 11th through the 14th, such as Art in Bloom, Live Music, and Family Sunday. This weekend, visitors may also enjoy free admission to view In American Waters, a new exhibition with marine paintings by Georgia O'Keeffe, Norman Rockwell, and more. Details at crystalbridges.org. The University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences has raised more than $15 million toward achieving National Cancer Institute designation, getting them to the halfway point of their fundraising goal. UAMS Chancellor Dr. Cam Patterson says getting this designation is not just a clinical benefit, but an economic one as well. About $70 million annually would go into Arkansas if UAMS receives this designation. Welcome to today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. I'm Paul Gatling. On the program, we've got an interview with Katherine Andrews, who was named recently as the new State Director of the Office of Outdoor Recreation. We begin, though, with the recent issue of the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal that's out this week. Billionaire philanthropist Alice Walton is spearheading several significant projects that could help advance health care in Northwest Arkansas, just as Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art did for the arts and tourism. In a written Q&A, Walton shares some of her thoughts about those projects and her interest in health care reform. That's our cover story in the latest Northwest Arkansas Business Journal. You can find that story and the digital version of the magazine online at nwabusinessjournal.com. We've got more news after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield for more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Catherine Andrews was named recently as the new state director of the Office of Outdoor Recreation, a title she will assume at the end of November. The new division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism is tasked with leading the state's efforts to grow the outdoor recreation economy, work with partners toward improved health outcomes, and promote awareness of the complete range of recreational experiences the state has to offer. 
Andrews has a background in economic development and entrepreneurship. In a recent interview with Roby Brock, she explained the type of work she will be doing and why Arkansas needs an Office of Outdoor Recreation. We are one of the first states in the Southeast. Um, North Carolina was actually the first in the Southeast, but uh, who has this office. So there are uh, more than 10, I can't remember the exact number, but um, all across the uh, West and the North, the Northeast have created this office. And it's, it's exciting that Arkansas is now taking part of this and we're part of the club now, if you will. Um, but these offices were created across the country to maximize the opportunities that we have in our states with outdoor recreation and connecting the dots um, with outdoor companies uh, and the different economic development opportunities that can collide between those two. Let's give me, I guess, a couple of illustrations or examples. They can be things that other states have done or maybe just some things that you've talked about in the, the, the hiring process where you would have uh, had these conversations. Uh, this connecting of the dots, you're trying to get, for instance, the bike trail community in Northwest Arkansas connected with growing outside of that region to other parts of the state and building businesses as part of that ecosystem. Maybe give me some illustrations of how you see that developing. Right. So it's full circle. Um, you cannot have, you have to have a healthy infrastructure in order to have great recreational opportunities. So we'll be working with groups like Game and Fish, like the Nature Conservancy, like Audubon, Arkansas, all of these great conservancy um, groups to help promote um, the conservation of our land and our waters in order to connect um, the bike trails and these so once you develop these communities where there are bike trails and uh, amazing outdoor water recreational opportunities and, and others, um, you get companies that come in and say, hey, I want to provide some. So, for example, let's say it's a, it's a bike trail. Um, you may get a company that comes in and says, hey, I want to manufacture uh, bibs for people to wear and I'm going to sell them. Uh, on Main Street or wherever, where people are riding by and can see them and can purchase it. So it's kind of a full circle thing. You have to have the great land, the great water, which we do in Arkansas. We're very fortunate for all of the amazing resources that we have. Um, but that comes full circle with people that want to come in and bring their companies and say, hey, I want to build a, a, a company that can support X recreational opportunity in Arkansas. And it just grows from there. And your background with the Economic Development Commission obviously plays into that. Explain to people how it's different than what the mission of the uh, Department of Parks, Tourism, and Heritage does, because that's a different way to market what Arkansas has to offer to the consumer. Yeah, so there is going to be a lot of research that goes into this new role, um, a lot of data driven through it. So there will be a lot of health data that we gather, um, you know, how are people's stress levels affected when they go outside and they enjoy nature and they're able to do all these recreational opportunities. Um, so there will be a lot of, of data-driven uh, results that come from that. There will also be a lot of out, uh, outdoor company recruitment. So, you know, we're going to be working very closely with those groups to uh, push that message of selling Arkansas. Arkansas is the best place to play, live, and work. 
um, and especially work. So we want people to come in, bring those companies in and, uh, and see the, the opportunities that we have here. All right. I mentioned earlier, you start uh, later this month in that role officially kind of what will you spend the majority of your time doing to get that agent, or I guess that division off the ground? And then when, when do you see, I guess, making calls on these companies uh, to recruit and come here? When does that begin? So I think the first, you know, six months, maybe even a year um, will be a lot of understanding the ecosystem, the layout of the state, uh, engaging with the board and finding out their thoughts and ideas about how this office uh, should develop and then moving forward in a, in a central voice. Um, I think another great thing that I'm planning to do is meet with those states that have those offices uh, and find out what, what they've been doing, what works really well, what we can emulate as a state. Um, I think once we get that layout of the land, and figure out what we have, then we can find out what gaps are there. And then from there, figure out, okay, let's tackle those gaps. Let's see what we need to do. Let's recruit some companies and help foster those companies. You can't just recruit companies and say, hey, this is a great place for a, a mountain biking company to come in or um, you know, something along those lines. You have to actually have the infrastructure in place and say, here are some great resources for you to grow. Right. Uh, so I think my background in um, entrepreneurism and uh, small business development can really help in, in that area. So I'm excited. And that is Catherine Andrews, director of the new Arkansas Office of Outdoor Recreation. You can watch that interview online at our sister website, talkbusiness.net. I mentioned earlier in the show that the new business journal is out this week, and if you haven't seen it, we do have subscription information available at nwabusinessjournal.com. Included in the magazine, expansion plans for Fayetteville-based real estate firm Collier & Associates, which is planning to build a new headquarters on North Crossover Road in Fayetteville. Collier & Associates' residential sales volume rose to $270 million in 2020, Emmy Kane, who is the firm's chief operating officer, said the company is on track to more than double that total this year. And IHOP will open a new Arkansas location in Siloam Springs. Little Rock-based Golden Cakes is the franchisee. It has nine other locations across the state and says the Siloam Springs restaurant should open in mid-January. We've also got commentary from Stacy Mason and Mark Zweig Details of a $31 million student housing purchase near the University of Arkansas and an interview with Ryan Cork, who is the director of the Northwest Arkansas Council's Healthcare Transformation Division. That and much more is in the latest Northwest Arkansas Business Journal. And you can find a digital version online at nwabusinessjournal.com. I'm Paul Gatling, and that is the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ozarks at Large. I am in the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio where Timothy Dennis resides. That can only mean since it's Thursday, it's time to talk about live music opportunities. Tonight, as we heard on yesterday's Ozarks at Large, there's a show in Fayetteville at George's Majestic Lounge. Wright Field is going to be on stage. Yep. 
Uh, tickets for that show are $15. It gets underway at 8 o'clock tonight at George's in Fayetteville. Something else getting underway tonight in Eureka Springs is the 74th Original Ozark Folk Festival. 74 years, that's a long time to have a festival going. It's happening all weekend, Thursday through Sunday, taking place throughout Eureka Springs at various venues, the Auditorium, the Basin Park Hotel, Main Stage Theater, and other venues throughout town. Uh, We'll mention a few of those shows, but we'll have a more complete list at our website, ozarksatlarge.com. Fair enough. Tonight, though, Todd Snyder is going to be on stage at the Auditorium. A couple of frat guys from Abilene drove out all night to see Robert Earl Keen at the K-Pigs. Wine and soiree dance, wore baseball caps, khaki pants, they wanted cigs. So to save some money, they got one off a hippie that smelled kind of funny. And the next thing they knew, they was both really hungry and pretty thirsty, too. Such a treat, Tom yeah. Snyder. Uh, I think I've seen him one time, and he just blew me away. Yeah. Uh, tickets for that show at the auditorium are $40. That'll get underway at 7 o'clock tonight. Again, that's in Eureka Springs. Moving on to tomorrow night, here in Fayetteville, George's Majestic Lounge is going to have their happy hour show featuring the Flip-Off Pirates. Mm-hmm. We've had them in here before, several years ago, I feel like. It's been like. a while. It's been a while. Tickets for that happy hour show are $8. That'll get underway at 6 o'clock this evening. Again, that's at George's in Fayetteville. Also in Fayetteville tomorrow night, a band by the name of Fair Hazel will be at 612 Coffee House on Weddington Drive. Kind of a rock and roll band. show gets underway at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at 612 Coffee House in Fayetteville. Okay, jumping back over to Eureka Springs. So they're going to have some free concerts as part of the folk festival uh, starting at 11 a.m. On Friday, they're going to feature Sky Pollard, Front Porch, Bear and Sophia, Emily Cates, and Willie Carlisle. Where, where, where will this take place? So this was supposed to be part of the original outdoor series that happens at the Basin Park Bandshell. Mm-hmm. But because of the cold forecast, they've moved it inside the main stage creative center. Okay. And that's going to take place starting at 11 a.m., run until about 3 o'clock. Emily Cates, who used to live in northwest Arkansas, now lives in Cotter, Correct. Arkansas. Correct. Uh, happening at the auditorium tomorrow night. They're going to feature Jonathan Bird, who's been on our show before, mm-hmm. and Melissa Carper, who's also mm-hmm. been on our show before. I'm meeting new people I'd like to recall Some of their names Like Larry and Steve I'm making That show at the auditorium Friday night is actually free, but they are asking for non-perishable food items or a cash donation for their local food bank. Nice. This show with Jonathan Bird, Melissa Carper, that gets underway at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at the auditorium in Eureka Springs. If I showed up with five non-perishable items, oh, they you wouldn't would, mind. No, they wouldn't mind at okay. all. They would not begrudge you. Okay. Happening down at Majestic in Fort Smith tomorrow night, they're going to have the Texas-based contemporary country band Pecos and the Rooftops. Mm-hmm. My friends tell me not to think about you But the best still smells like your perfume It's funny how all this works 
Tickets for that show are $20. That gets underway 8.30 tomorrow night. Again, that is at Majestic in Fort Smith. Okay, jumping ahead to Saturday. George is in Fayetteville. They're going to have Larkin Poe on stage. If you're unfamiliar, they're a Nashville-based gritty rock and roll band featuring sisters Rebecca and Megan Lavelle. Tickets for that show are $25 in advance. They go up to $30 on Saturday. That starts at about 8.30 Saturday night. Again, that's at George's in Fayetteville. Still in Fayetteville Saturday night, Nomad's Trail Side is going to have what they're calling the Gifted Showcase. It's a hip-hop and trap showcase featuring artists from the Lawrence, Kansas-based label 93 and Alive Records. Big, big lineup of artists with performances by Mr. ARK, Shooting Stars, Young James, Drama the Artist, Forrest Savage, and again, many, many more. Wow. Admission is $10. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Saturday evening again at Nomad's Trail Side in Midtown Fayetteville. Sounds like it's going to go to about 155 in the morning. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Moving up to Springdale, Fatty Hackers in Springdale is going to have the band Maud Crawford on stage. They've been around for a while. They're a local country folk band. The river turns back towards the east part of town Right past the sandy beach where it narrows down And that's where you'll find the bridge at Old Magnolia Road And meet up with a rock bar in a shallow swimming hole Lindy, I've been thinking about how They're asking $5 at the door at that show. That'll get underway at 8.30 Saturday. Again, that's at Fatty Hackers, the sports bar in Springdale. Happening over in Siloam Springs Saturday, it's part of the continuing partnership between Crystal Bridges and Music Moves. Right. This week, they're going to feature 412 West, which they play classic-styled rock and roll and rhythm and blues. That will be a free show taking place at Memorial Park. Gets underway at 1 in the afternoon in Siloam Springs. Okay, back to Eureka Springs for Saturday night of the Folk Festival. Oh, yes. The auditorium, the main stage, they're going to feature Gangsta Grass and the Creek Rocks. Gangsta Grass, they mix bluegrass and hip-hop for a totally new kind of sound. Tickets for that show at the Auditorium are $29. That gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday evening again at the Auditorium in Eureka Springs. Still in Eureka Springs, God Hole Brewing is going to have Molly Healy on stage. She is a violinist, cellist, and singer-songwriter from Springfield. Nice. A free show gets underway at 1 o'clock in the afternoon Saturday. Again, that's at Gotta Hold Brewing in Eureka. Now, jumping ahead to Monday, Walton Arts Center is going to have Tommy Emanuel on stage. 
and I know some people that are just thrilled about this. I mean, people I can who've been waiting why. a long time to see him. I don't think is this maybe his first time here. It's just, it's not his first time in Arkansas, right? But it, I think it's his first time in Northwest Arkansas. I mean, that's that's going to be yeah. a good show. Yeah. Tickets start at thirty-five dollars. That will get underway at seven o'clock Monday night. Again, that's at Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville. We should point out he's a guitarist. Yes, of much renown and a guitarist kind of guitarist. Moving ahead to Wednesday, Fatty Hackers in Springdale is going to have the band Co-op on stage. They're a rock and roll band featuring Alice Cooper's son Dash on vocals. Dash Cooper. asking for five dollars at the door at that show that'll get underway at six o'clock next wednesday evening at fatty hackers in springdale you know who's coming i don't have the date but you know who's coming back to northwest arkansas i think in december i don't mary Lattimore. yes yes at clap auditorium here in fayetteville you interviewed her in 2020 right um because she was part of the momentary's opening weekend correct and she's just an amazing person and an amazing artist i am going to try to be at that show yeah. because she blew me away yeah, she's that, that weekend yeah plays the harp yes all right well that's a great rundown thank you timothy thank you support for kuaf comes from the walmart museum open monday through saturday 10 to 8 and noon to 6 on sunday on the square in bentonville walmartmuseum.com for more information this is ozarks at large planning for fall fashion week in northwest arkansas this year had to shift because of the pandemic the traditional runway show is off but there is a showcase for designers this year, a film. We invited Robin Wallace-Atkinson, the CEO of Interform, the creative entity behind the film, and Rochelle Bailey, communications coordinator for Interform, to come back to the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio to talk to us about this film. Rochelle Bailey says it places the spotlight firmly on several creative people. Ten different designers. And so that's why it's a ten-part film is because each designer has their own specific segment so 10 local designers and we have international designers yeah there's designers from the Baham- there's a bahamanian designer could you say that right i'm really uh-huh. proud of myself for being bahamanian so i say it whenever i can yeah. bahamanian <laughs> there's a designer from the bahamas there mm-hmm. is we have designers from all over the state mm-hmm. designer from kansas city mm-hmm. um yeah and kind of all over the place 10 different locations mm-hmm. that we shot we we put our elbows into this. Yeah, we throw our backs into this one. Yeah, yeah. The ten, So it was easy to cast because basically we had been planning to do a runway show. Mm-hmm. So we had 10 designers, more than 10 designers actually signed up for the fall shows. And when we had to cancel, we just contacted them and said, would you like to be in a film? Mm-hmm. And the only part that was difficult is that usually designers apply for something before the collection's ready. And then they have the collection ready for the show, which is, you know, months and months away. And this was a situation in which we had to say, we're making a film, but we're going to need the collection two Mm. months early, (laughs) which was, you know, we got it done. So miracles occurred, actually. So what will we, how will this film look to us? Visually, it will be stimulating, amazing. It will be. Have you ever seen like 
uh, let's see, like a Dior or a Versace, like virtual show, right? It's like a production. It's not like just people walking down the runway. There's scenery. There's different movements. And that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a lot of different movement scenery. You're going to see colors. You're mm-hmm. going to see moods. You're going to hear music. You're going to see people from your community. You're going to see models. Like, it's, it's just going to be a full experience. And we're, like, super excited about it. The thing that's that we realized was very exciting about this film option versus a runway is that, you know, the runway, we only have so many levers we can pull mm-hmm. to make things look different. Because right? it's live right in front of you. Right. right. And it's just, you know, it's kind of like many people will walk in a straight line many times in a row. That's pretty much a runway show. Yeah, with the same scenery. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And the clothes are different, and that's exciting, and we can pull a lot of levers with music and with lighting and things like that. But you're looking at mostly the same thing all night. But this was an opportunity to really lean into the sort of ethos and the ideating around the designer. So, like, did you produce a collection that has a retro vibe Mm -hmm. and then has a, you know, a kind of fun poppy thing? Well, great. We're going to put you in a roller skating rink, right? And we're going to do... So exciting. Mm Oh, And, you know, we got to create all of these vignettes, right? Mm -hmm. And so we got to use the backdrop of Northwest Arkansas as the set instead of just a runway. So I think it's, I mean, we just watched some final edits today. Mm -hmm. And I'm frankly a little shook at, like, how good we did. It's kind of amazing. Yes. So on one, okay, so those are all the advantages. Mm -hmm. But with a runway show, a lot of work to get going. Then at 11 or midnight or 1, it's done. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you've put a bow on it. Uh-huh. This sounds like it was a lot more time-consuming. Kyle, yes. <laughs> My husband said in a friendly tone, surely, the other day, um, yeah, but this has been like two months of fashion week. Yeah. Like it's been two months of production, and every production had the intensity of a runway show. Because mm-hmm. here's my fear with – the two of you and your and the people you work with is mm-hmm. that your imagination will just keep going. Correct. <laughs> and you think you've got everything you're going to do, and then you go, mm-hmm. but what if? Yeah. And so this allows you to do a lot more of that, for better and for worse. Accurate. Exactly. I did throw in like a full choreographed choreographed yes. scene like way late in the game. I was like, but what if there was dancing? Yes. And the whole team went, oh, man. Oh, man. We're going to be here all night. <laughs> but that's okay. That's but you okay. know what there is? Dancing. Mm-hmm. You get the full creative experience, for sure, that we have worked on for months. Speaking of the full experience, there's a way to have a package with this that Mm -hmm. includes all sorts of different things. Yes. It's called our uh, the Premiere Box. Now, there's different tiers to it, right? So there's the Intro Box, Mm -hmm. there's the Deluxe. There's Premiere and there's VIP box. Now, the VIP is where you want to go, Kyle. Okay? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> All right. The, the way I think about the box is basically we had to have a vehicle to fundraise for the organization because, you know, Fashion Week is 
Interform's largest fundraising opportunity. Exactly. We didn't do it last year. We were really hoping to do it this year. And so I kind of think of it as like, that's your seat. That's your ticket to the shows, right? But And that's how we sort of thought of that in the beginning. But now that I'm looking at it retrospectively, I'm like, no, this is like memorabilia. Yes. This is the like commemorative box of this film, right? There's a t-shirt. There's a sticker. There's a program. There's a, you know, there's all, there's a, an amazing coloring book. Like I can't even with this coloring book. It is, it's it's I am des- so it's drawings of the designs in the film in a coloring book. For, like a fashion it's like, coloring book. I can't. And there's a limited run of them, and mm-hmm. it's like it's, so. To me, it's actually. It's more of this idea of like this like precious box of treasure that <laughs> that also comes with the opportunity to watch the film. Can we give a shout out to the filmmakers? Yeah, yes. absolutely. So we worked with Mario Troncoso, who is a 12-time Emmy winning director. That's kind of a big deal. Which is like <laughs> spooky. I actually went home one night and I looked at my husband and I said, I spent all day directing an Emmy winning cinematographer. I am feeling very weird. (laughs) Like, I am not qualified to have done the thing I just did. Let's see how it goes. And we also worked with Jessica Whalen, who we've been working with for five years, and Mm -hmm. who is, like, part of the, like, the heartbeat of the organization. She has been a creative driver of this organization for almost, like, half a decade. Yeah. And she, the heart and soul and blood and tears she puts into her productions Mm -hmm. are... I mean, really part of the brand, frankly. Like, she's helped us create images for so long. And so there's a diversity of, of viewpoints, cinem- cinematographically. Ooh! Ooh nailed it. I'm not sure it's a word. Um, <laughs> and they're, be- they're, they're, frankly, I think we, we are doing that thing that we do again and saying the production bar was here, and now we just kicked it up. You a know, seven notches. notches. Yeah. And we, now, we ha- now we have to meet that bar again, mm-hmm. which is... Exhausting. <laughs> Which comes mm-hmm. to my next question. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not really fair because the film doesn't have its live stream premiere till the 13th. But here I'm going to ask you about 2022. Ooh. Will this affect what you've done this year? Will this affect what how you think about next year? I'm going to go ahead and tell you that nobody's ready for 2022. Okay. Um, no, and by nobody, I mean you. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 2022, we're coming back on the runway. We already have the dates set. You can sort of pencil in March 17th-ish, whenever the weekend is around that. That spring fashion week is booked. It's happening. Like the building. It's set. Mm -hmm. It will get larger based on a couple decisions we make in the next, like, two weeks, three Mm -hmm. weeks. But it is exciting. (laughs) Um, We are officially members of the CFDA now, the Council of Fashion Designers of America. We're one of 12 uh, regional fashion organizations that got selected to this thing, this sort of inaugural. Including New York Fashion Week. Regional thing. And so we are, um, (laughs) we're working with the CFDA and their other regional members to think about how we can sort of turn the volume up on our fashion experiences. So we're very excited about that. You know, Northwest Arkansas has celebrated its music for a long time. Mm -hmm. Celebrated chefs. Not that fashion has not been celebrated, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't perhaps been put on the level as literary cuisine and music has in the past. Right. This is going to change, I think. Oh, absolutely. Well, so just next year, there will be, there is a fashion exhibition opening at the Momentary at the end of November in some form or fashion, curated by a good friend of ours. Um, 
And then in 2022, in fall 2022, Crystal Bridges is opening their inaugural fashion exhibition, which is going to be a giant retrospective of fashion in America over 200 years. We're working with the curator on that exhibition on some things that we can't really tell you about currently. (laughs) But I I would say if I, you know, because I like to make us the center of the world because we are for (laughs) ourselves. I think that we have been making enough noise about fashion loud enough and long enough now that the cultural landscape is changing to reflect the fact that fashion is, in fact, an art form and that technically we're really good at it here, turns Mm -hmm. out. So... Absolutely. I think it it has a lot to do with our consistency as well. Like we're constantly putting out something related to fashion, whether it's safety with the the thousands of masks that we, you know, donated to hospitals during the pandemic or whether it's fashion, like it's still fashion, it's still Mm -hmm. things that you wear. And so we've incorporated that into people's everyday lives so consistently over the last couple of years that I think people are starting to get it right. You Mm -hmm. have to be consistent with a message in order for someone to really grasp and take hold of it. You can't just do it, hit it one time and then just be done (laughs) with it. You have to you have to keep it consistent. But there's also all these spinoffs. Like there's other fashion shows popping up on the landscape. There are makers markets. There are designers who are opening up storefronts. Mm-hmm. You know, there is uh, upcycling has a huge presence in the cultural landscape. So I think that, you know, and we love it. We love to see all of it. Like every time anything comes up that's fashion related, we're like, yeah, mm-hmm. join the join the party. We love it over <laughs> here. So we're feeling good. We're feeling strong going into 2022 for yeah. sure. Robin Wallace Atkinson is the CEO of Interform. Rochelle Bailey is the communications coordinator. You can learn much more about The Collective, a 10-part fashion film, right now at interform.art. professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with the beginning of Cesar Frank's Sonata in A Major FWV8, originally written for violin and piano, here in the hands of the incomparable Jacqueline Dupre cellist and Danielle Barenboim piano. Jacqueline Dupre is remembered as one of the greatest cellists of all times. Her career was cut short by multiple sclerosis, forcing her to quit performing at age 28, dying 14 years later at age 42. This sonata was one of the first pieces of classical music I encountered in my life as a young music student, opening a whole world of structures and emotions in my teenage mind and heart as I was learning to speak the so-called classical music language. And Jacqueline Dupre became one of the few internationally recognized female performers I heard about in my early years as a conservatory bassoon student, a true revelation of what women could do in the realm of music. Thank you. 
That was Cesar Frank's Sonata in A Major, FWV8, first movement, in a cello and piano version interpreted by the late Jacqueline Dupre and Danielle Varenboin. As a young student, I was involved in projects that brought classical instruments to more popular settings and got to play with forward thinkers, interpreters that were breaking barriers with these experiments. One of those musicians is Sandra Parra, who has built since a beautiful career as a performer of all musics, educator and advocate for new Colombian works. Sombrerito Blanco is one of those inspiring pieces that showcases the sounds of the cello, both as a melodic and as a rhythmic instrument, as a classical and as a popular instrument as well. Sombrerito Blanco was written by Colombian composer Martina Camargo, considered to be one of the most important figures of the tambora, a unique genre of music from the Colombian coast that can be summarized as having a mixture of African, European and indigenous influences.
That was Catalina Ávila, David Spitia, and Sandra Parras performing Sombrerito Blanco by Colombian composer Martina Camargo in a recording from 2020. We close Sound Perimeter today with the end of this beautiful rendition of Sombrerito Blanco that highlights the power of combining those orchestral instruments with the power of other expressions of music, marrying the best of both worlds. This is Lia Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. Sombrerito blanco, quítate del sol, mira que te quema con el resplandor, mira que te quema con el resplandor. Sombrerito blanco, quítate del sol, mira que te quema con el resplandor, ay mira que te quema con el resplandor. Cuando yo vea mi sombrero le voy a pegar un regaño, porque yo le tengo dicho que el sereno le Daño, porque yo le tengo dicho que el sereno le hace daño. women's basketball team dominated in their season opener last night. They won 85-33. Not much time to rest, though. They'll host UAPB tomorrow at noon in Bud Walton Arena. Ozarks at Large is underwritten, in part, by the Walton Family Charitable Support Foundation. This is 91.3 KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Mulberry. Ozarks at Large, a production of KUAF. KUAF, a listener-supported service of the University of Arkansas. Timothy Dennis produced today's show. Contributors included Jacqueline Froelich, Timothy Dennis, Matthew Moore, and Leah Uribe. The Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report, produced by Stephanie Brock. From the Carver Center for Public Radio, I'm Kyle Kellams. Thanks for listening.